welcome to another episode of Give, Grow, Repeat, where we talk about the concept of collective giving and the impact it has on local communities. And today I'm joined by Jennifer Anaba from Las Vegas Women in Business for Good and Lynette Rivera from Nevada Partnership for Homeless Youth. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Oh, you're very welcome. Well, Jennifer, why don't I get started with you? You represent the Las Vegas Women in Business for Good. Did you get involved with this giving circle and tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. It's a long, windy journey, but um, to, you know, just myself personally, I work in the communication space. I work in environmental advocacy specifically. Um, and at night I'm working on my PhD studying the connection between uh, our ecological and consumer identities. And so I really always had this special connection with people and community building. And so um, oh gosh, I've lived in Las Vegas, I think for 18 years now, it was supposed to be just a stop by, get your master's degree and leave. And it just kind of sold me. I, you know, it's become my home. I love the city. I love the wonderful community that has made it a really great place to live. And one of the things that I recently did, and this was right around the time that I discovered, I should say Grapevine discovered me, I got to give them the credit, but I had just completed a 10-month leadership program here in Vegas through the Vegas Chamber. And in that program, you spend all 10 of those months learning about all of these impact areas in our community that need support, that we can learn about, and how we can get more involved. And then finishing that, I received this wonderful email from someone from Grapevine. I had never heard of Grapevine. Um, they had said they had seen me on LinkedIn. So I responded, got some information, attended a training, and I was honestly really hooked. The timing was perfect. Having just come out of that program, I knew that I wanted to do something to get more deeply involved in my community. And Grapevine was going to provide me this platform to do that. You know, I'm one person, so I can only do so much. But the, that's kind of what I love so much about giving circles is how they allow us to multiply our impact and provide even more direct support in our communities. Absolutely. And just the automation, it makes it easy to do it. It's not a, it's not a chore in any way, shape or form. Exactly. They really have been there every step of the way and they make the process seamless, easy from onboarding to the day-to-day -day maintenance. I'm not a financial guru. I don't like balancing books and things like that. I love that their system handles all of that, things like tax documents and all of that is handled on their end. So we can really focus on building our membership base, engaging with them and identifying the areas of impact that we want to focus on and getting the money into the communities. Like that's the fun part. So we get to focus on the fun part. Yes. The building of community. And how many folks are in your net, in your uh, network or giving circle? Yeah, we have well over 200 members now. Um, we're just over a year old. So that's pretty incredible. It ebbs and flows on engagement. But again, that's one of the things I love about giving circles is you can be as engaged as you want or as your capacity allows, but you know that you're giving to something that's going to have a larger impact. And so we have some members that attend every single uh, Gather and Grant event. 
to hear from the nonprofits and vote and select. And then we have some that can only come once a year. So it really depends on your level of uh, capacity and engagement, but we're here for you. And we we keep everyone uh, notified on the emails so that they can kind of jump in and out as they, as they can. And that's actually a nice thing I like about the Grapevine platform is it does allow you to engage both virtually and in person so that you can build those relationships on a, you know, in-person basis or stay connected virtually, which does your Giving Circle have a particular focus in terms of the type of charities that they're um, interested in supporting? So we don't. So the beauty is we are over 200 women who are super energized, passionate, diverse, and that are all fiercely dedicated to like serving our community. And so we all come together because we believe in that collective power of doing good. And so our one and only focus is providing direct support and impact to the greater Las Vegas community. And so we have provided grants to um, the Pride Tree, which is a wonderful nonprofit that serves our LGBTQ plus youths, Dress for Success Southern Nevada, which provides professional job training, career coaching, wardrobes for women entering the workforce, serving our Kids Foundation, which as it sounds, helps provide um, children suffering from food insecurity food so that no child has to go hungry. Our most recent grantee, Nevada Partnership for Homeless Youths, that you hear from later, we're so excited about. And really, um, because we have such a diverse membership, we're from all over. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of Las Vegas, right? We're a beautiful transient community. So there are some people that are born and raised here, some natives, but then we have people from all over the country. And so we're all bringing these worldviews, all of these perspectives and passions together and just giving us that ability to have a bunch of impact areas that we're supporting in our community. And so it's kind of nice that we can can uh, broaden rather than, you know, narrow it in and kind of help more of the nonprofits in our community that are doing such awesome work. And do you also do four grants a year? We do. We do four cycles. So each cycle we open up nominations. So anyone who is an active member, meaning they've made their um, payment for that quarter, they can nominate a nonprofit that they are personally passionate about. Um, it just needs to be a nonprofit that is operable here in Southern Nevada. Um, we then invite representatives from that nominated nonprofit or nonprofits. There's usually five, six each cycle that are nominated. They come in, they do a presentation to the to the members, and that's our favorite part. Honestly, we we really love that FaceTime. We've done them in person each time. We've been really fortunate that we've been able to do that. And it gives us a chance to meet these people that are powering these organizations that are serving our community day in, day out. We can ask them questions. And then at the end of the evening, we vote right then and there. We get to present the big, exciting check, which is always, first and foremost, extremely difficult. I'm not going to lie. It's like the hardest thing. Every time you want to give money to everyone, we want to support everyone, but it's exciting and it's super meaningful to each of us to have that direct impact, to meet the people, to see them, to hand it over. One of the beauties and the feedback we've received from so many of our grantees is how they very infrequently receive kind of unrestricted funds that they can use for critical programming and operations. Like so often organizations will sponsor things or donate, but it's for a very specific thing because they want to be tied to 
X type of programming, but it's like, you need the operations to be able to do that programming. And so we love that we can provide money that they can use in the way that is, you know, most meaningful to them to be successful. And on top of that, even though we only pick one each cycle, those events where our members are, because like I've said, they are like, the wildest, craziest, kindest, most beautiful group of women. After we select, there's always business cards exchanging. And it's not member to member. It's like these members go straight up to these organizations and they're like, do you have an event coming up? Can I help you promote it? Is there any, you know, do you need auction items? Can I support in any way? Can I get my organization involved? So even if an organization's not selected for a specific cycle, they're still being brought into our Las Vegas women and business for good family. And we're there to help support them in what way we can. And then they can be nominated on another cycle. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I love your, uh, analogy there that, uh, you know, the community building, the, the networking, and just the ability to have such huge impact on these unrestricted impact on these nonprofits. And actually, that's a wonderful transition. Why don't I hop over to you, Lynette? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? And I'm going to use the acronym NPHY. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, hello. Thank you so much again for having me today. Um, so I am the Director of Engagement and Communications here at MPHY. I've been here for just over nine years now, so it's it's been a while. Um, I started in corporate communications, and um, I did a lot of community relations work. So starting, you know, and to give a to kind of go back a little further, I came to Nevada um, from California. I actually experienced homelessness when I was young as well. I was couch surfing, um, and that's really how I found my way to Nevada. I had a friend here that said, "Hey, uh, I have a place for you to stay. Come stay here, and you know, look for a job. You don't have to pay rent, um, and you know, we'll figure it out." So I came here, it was kind of like a week's notice. I, I left California, came to Vegas and um, really started my life here. And I've been here for about 14 years. Jen, you, you beat me by a few years, but I've been here for about 14 years. And, you know, in that time, um, you know, previously in, in LA, I, I did a lot of community work. So I kind of, I just always been uh, wanted to be involved in community and and like Jen said, building community and and I think when I came to Nevada, that was a focus. So, anyways, I I got um I found a job <laughs> that was a really great job. Started going back to school. Um, got into corporate communications, and then in that, my job position gave me the chance to be a part of the community relations team. So, part of my job was vetting out nonprofits, meeting with nonprofits, going to tour, setting up, um, setting up volunteer opportunities for uh people within my company. And um, in that time, I I got to I met I mean, I found out all all about all of the various incredible organizations that are here in um, Nevada. And there's hundreds of them, but I got to learn all about them. But MPHY really, really um, just, it, it touched my heart. And I, you know, I, I remember walking into a, the the drop-in center that we have a drop-in center here. And I'll explain a little bit more about that. But I remember just seeing a bunch of youth here and seeing myself in all of them, because just a few years earlier, I was in their position. Um, so, you know, with that, I started volunteering and then 
uh, eventually came to work for MPHY. Um, so now, you know, here over nine years, um, you know, it is a great organization and I can dive into exactly what we do. But just to start, youth homelessness is a huge issue here in Southern Nevada. We had over 14,000 homeless youth in, enrolled in Clark County schools last year. So um, really big issue. And year after year, um, in the time that I've been here, uh, we've seen that number go up. We've seen that number go down. But we've often ranked in the top five in the country for having one of the worst instances of youth homelessness. So you know, with that, our services are critical um, here on the ground. There are so many young people who are in need of our services. Um, but that's really, you know, some background in how I got into this. I, you know, I experienced homelessness myself, so I'm very dedicated and passionate about the issue of youth homelessness and, and just making sure that, you know, young people have the resources and the opportunity that all of their peers have in the community. What an amazing story you have. And, you know, I often think, you know, is it divine intervention that guides our path or, you know, it couldn't possibly be just coincidence because you clearly were meant to be where you are. And uh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think at times I never imagined I would work in nonprofit um, you know, it wasn't something that was really, I really understood. I just knew about volunteering. So I knew that I, I volunteered as a young kid uh, with my family. I knew that that was something I always wanted to to do with, and, you know, and I wanted to be in the community and help community. But, um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, I was a, also a, a child who received from the community. Both of my parents were addicts. My father was in jail. Like, I have a background that, um, really tied me to community. And I think because I had so many people that gave to me and really supported me and my upbringing that I could not say thank you to, because I had no idea who they were. Um, it really lead, led me to where I am today and wanting to give back and, and really build, you know, community here in Las Vegas. So I've, I've, I'm really lucky to have been able to do that in the yeah. last nine years. Well, you benefited from the angels out there. And, and, um, mm -hmm. and so now the Las Vegas women in business for good is an angel for MPHY. Yes. And so yes. you received a grant. Um, how much did you receive? Yeah, so we received um, just over 7,000. We received about 7,300 from the group. And, um, you know, what a huge gift. And, um, you know, and I would love to dive in, if you guys don't mind, about a little bit about what MPHY does and really how that, you know, benefited our organization. Um, so Nevada Partnership for Homeless Youth, we're the most comprehensive service provider exclusively working with youth experiencing homelessness here in Southern Nevada. Um, we um, specialize in working with unaccompanied youth, so youth who are not with their families, um, and they may be couch surfing, they may be experiencing street homelessness, but um, that's really like where our specialty lies is those youth who don't have anybody, you know, anybody to support them or help them. Um, we work with youth between the ages of 12 and 24 years old, and it's terrifying to even, you know, say that out loud. We do see youth as young as 12 years old all the time, um, you know, and, and a lot of those youth have been 
um, you know, kicked out, they're running away from abuse and neglect, they are, um, you know, maybe their families were experiencing homelessness, and therefore, they were disconnected from their families. So there's a lot of different reasons. Um, usually, that's one of the first questions I get is like, why do youth experience homelessness? But um, so we we see youth in from coming from all kinds of socioeconomical backgrounds, um, youth homelessness is is you know it, it really um, it's impacting youth of all kinds. You know you have culture wars, you have LGBTQ youth who are really really um, experiencing homelessness at high rates. Um, you have youth who are experiencing homelessness who are also very vulnerable to trafficking and, you know, um, dropout rates are impacted by youth homelessness. So there's a lot of other issues in our community that are highly correlated to youth homelessness. Um, so, you know, that's really why MPHY does all that we do. So, to tell you a little bit more about our programs, we have programming that works to get youth off of the streets and really onto a pathway of self-sufficiency. And I always say that, and I'll, I'll you're going to hear me say self-sufficiency, self-sufficiency, um, because that's really our goal. You know, there's a lot of, um, I think in nonprofit in general, you see a lot of like bandages being put on the situation rather than people really trying to get to the root of the problem. So one of the things that is really, really important to us as an organization is really addressing the root of the problem and not just trying to put a bandage on it. Yes, you know, we provide food, we provide clothes, we provide, um, you know, housing, we provide all kinds of different things. And again, always to get youth to that next level to make sure that they're going to be self-sufficient or they are working towards self-sufficiency. But, you know, it's also providing a safety net, providing community, making sure that youth have um, health, you know, health resources. Youth are getting therapy and mental health resources. It's really trying to um, get youth out of what we call survival mode when youth are just worrying about how am I going to sleep tonight and where am I going to eat and figuring out how they're going to get to that, you know, to that forward thinking. So, what is, um, you know, what do I have for, or what's going on with my homework? You know, how can I, how am I going to get back enrolled into school? Um, what do I want to do with my life? Because youth are not thinking about that when they're struggling at 15, 16, 14, 17. Um, you know, these are times where they're trying to figure out who they are and what they want to do with their life. But how can they do that when they are all they're thinking about is those survival things. So, you know, again, going back to not wanting to put a bandage on the situation, our goal is to ensure that youth have the life skills that they need. They have worked through their trauma. They know how to live independently. Um, and that's a there's a you know, we have all kinds of different programs. Um, we have our drop-in center where youth can come and get food. They can get clothing. They can take a shower. They can meet with case managers. We'll work to, with them to get birth certificates, IDs. They can take a class here. We have classes, you know, all week. Today they had pumpkin painting. Um, you know, we have fun extracurricular things. So it's getting the things that you need, but it's also the opportunity to be a youth, to be young, to have like, you know, fun things going on. Um, but that's happening here at our drop-in center. We also have crisis intervention. So we have a program that's called Safe Place where youth can 
They can go to one of our locations 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365, and say that they need help, and we'll send somebody out there. Um, we have we have a local gas station, our Terrible Herbs gas stations. They're pretty much on every street corner where a youth can go. They can get on any RTC bus. They can go to any Henderson Library, Las Vegas Clark County Library, or Las Vegas Fire Station and say, I need help and we'll send somebody out there. So that's crisis intervention. So if a young person is kicked out in the middle of the night or if they're running away in the middle of the night, they have a place to go and a way to connect with MPHY services. We have an emergency, we have an emergency shelter, which is very unique because it's the only emergency shelter in Clark County that will actually serve minors as young as 12 years old. Um, if they were to go to any other facility um, and they were a minor, they would be turned away. Um, so that emergency shelter is really, really important because if a young person comes to us today and they need a place to go, we can find, you know, we can place them in our emergency shelter to figure out the next steps. Uh, we have family reunification, um, but we also have a 50-bed housing program where you live with us full-time. So as I kind of keep, continue to talk about that self-sufficiency, well, um, it, you know, it ties into all of what we do in our housing program. So when youth are in our housing program, they are required to either work or go to school. Um, they have the option because most people are telling them, you need to go work. But we want youth to have the opportunity to finish their education, to, you know, go to college if they would like to. And um, without that that opportunity, you know, it can really change the trajectory of their life. So we want to give them that opportunity. We also, um, you know, while they're in the program, they're living roommate style. So we have actually a scattered site model a housing program. We have condos located all over the valley where youth live roommate style. So it's not that congregate living. We're not telling them you have breakfast at 8, lunch at 12, and dinner at 6, and that's it. No, they get to choose. They get to have choices, and that's, you know, something that we are very passionate about. Um, you know, they're learning how to use public transportation while they're in our program. They're learning how to uh, live with other roommates. They're learning chores. They're going to life skills classes. They're going to therapy. So, again, I can talk about this all day, and I, I will go off on a tangent, but, um, you know, the, all of those things really, really collectively work together to make sure that, when youth graduate from our program, that they are successful. And we have a very, very high success rate um, with, you know, youth graduating from our program and going into um, stable housing. And, and that's something that we really, really pride ourselves on. And that is what this gift, you know, that this gift that was given to us, um, you know, went towards just directly towards our youth programs. Um, and, you know, it is going to benefit a young person and, and really change their entire trajectory of their lives. Um, we like to say that we're not, you know, we're not doing it. Like we're just providing youth with the tools that they need in order to to get to where they need to go. Um, so that's you know, you're teaching them how to fish, so to speak. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. We don't want to just give them a book and tell them this is how you do it. We're going to show them how to do it and make sure that they have a safety net. Um, and that they know that they can come to us even if they fail because we're all human. And when you're young, I don't know if you're, you know, when I was 14, I was making a lot of mistakes. So we want to make sure that they have that safety net and that they feel like, you know, even if they make a mistake, that they can come to us and we're going to still be here. And that's what we strive to do 
through all of our programs. Just building a solid foundation. You know, they're coming to you with foundation problems, right? And you can't build a solid house without having a firm foundation underneath. So yeah. kudos. I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, you're providing them the right kind of tools, enabling them, even if they do, as you say, make a mistake, mm-hmm. you know, letting them know it's not fatal. You know, just because you make a mistake, you learn from it and you move on. And there is a path forward. And once they have that solid foundation, the sky's the limit. They're able to then, as you say, choose their path, go to college, start a career, go to vocational school, whatever they want to do. And they they can have the confidence that they, you know, can succeed. And that's, yes. that's a, an amazing gift to a, a child. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I will also say, you know, there's so many stigmas that surround youth homelessness, you know, that youth are running away or they're punks or they, you know, they're on drugs. And, and I feel like I'm constantly in the community, just like fighting those. And I get very, very passionate about it because I know I was once there and I was not, it was not my fault. (laughs) And I, so, you know, I bring that, that my own story to it when I'm fighting this, because it it was not my fault. And it's, we see youth walk through the door every day and it's not their fault. They're, they've been failed by a system in place by whether that's, you know, foster care, whether that's their families, whatever that may be, they've been failed by a system in place to care for them. So we want to make sure that we are are fighting those stigmas, but we often have, you know, valedictorians, college or uh, high school athletes, college athletes. I mean, we have young people who come in and they have, we had a young man who came in and was completely disconnected from school um, hadn't gone to school since eighth grade and ended up leaving our program and going to Columbia University with a full ride scholarship. Wow. We see that all the time. So, you know, it is about also fighting stigmas and making sure that we educate people about this issue and the youth that are living this. Um, so, you know, that's another thing that I think is really a part of like what I do in the community. It's really making sure that people know hey, this is an issue and let's not blame the youth for and it. And how, how did the runaways or the homeless youth find out about your program? Yeah, that's a great question. So one of our one of our big programs um, that I did not mention at the beginning is, is really outreach. We do a lot of outreach. Um, a part of my department is outreach. So I, I you know, I'm as the community or communications and, and engagement ma- or director, myself manager, um, we, you know, my department and my team, we go out into the community every single day we're out in the community. So that might be tabling, that might be presenting, it's doing interviews, it is um, going into schools, going into rec centers. We also, um, we host a weekly um, site-based outreach event every single week um, in a really at-risk area called Feel Good Friday, where we go out and we hand out food and hygiene supplies and we hand out a lot of seasonal items. So during back to school, we did, I think we gave out like 400, 500 backpacks. Um, During Christmas, we give out thousands of gifts in the community. And one of our goals with that is not just to provide services because, you know, there are some youth who are not, they're not homeless now, but they may be next week, next month, next year. Um, we see a lot of that when we meet a young person out in the community and they're like, well, I'm in this situation. 
but I don't need housing now. And then we end up seeing them in a few weeks. So, you know, the goal is to get out into the community, build rapport with youth, because as you can imagine, you know, youth who are experiencing homelessness have been failed in a lot of ways, but they also don't trust adults because a lot of the times they have been um, really failed by adults or abused by adults. So, you know, when we meet them, they don't trust us. So the goal with getting out into the community and hosting these site-based outreach events is to build rapport with young people. It's to meet them. It's so that they get familiar with our staff. They get familiar with our name, our colors, our logos. We play games out in the community. We host raffles. I mean, we do these really fun events. It's it's all volunteer-based, too. We have two, one to two staff members out there every week and about 20 volunteers tears and you know they're passing out the food so it's them seeing the community come together along with mphy and building that trust is is really really important and you know we have a, a lot of the young people that we see come through that program end up at our drop-in center or end up in our housing program and we've seen young people come we've met them at 14 years old at Feel Good Friday, you know, they've come to the drop-in center and eventually by 17, they may be living with us. Um, so, you know, we see that kind of cycle, but that's really the, the most important part about us getting out into the community. Um, that outreach is really, really critical to what we do. It's a safe place. And where do most of your donations come from? Yeah. So, I mean, we we really um, pride ourselves on in having a um, a lots of different funding streams because, you know, anybody that's worked in nonprofit knows that those funding streams are never um, completely stable. They are, um, you know, they can go away at any time. So it is our job to ensure that we have a um, very diverse, you know, um, diverse funding. Um, so it is, um, we have a lot of grant funding. You know, we do, we have an incredible, incredible grants team. They do a lot of grant writing. Um, we do, um, we get foundation support. We have a lot of corporate partners that we get support from. And then we have a lot of grassroots um, support. So a lot of individuals that give. Um, we, you know, we see giving circle. We've, we've started to see giving circles um, come through quite a bit and, and really support us in a lot of different ways. Um, but yeah, we have that grant funding. We do have some government funding for our housing. Um, but yeah, we really try to keep a, a, di a diverse funding stream so that we don't ever have to um, shut down any of our programs. Another really unique thing about MPHY is that we've kind of become a uh, property investors um, with, I know our CEO was not intending to do that, but we own all of our properties. So we have 16 different properties across the Valley. We do not rent any of them. We own every single one. And that is because of, you know, sometimes having that unstable um, funding, we want to make sure that if we have a youth in one of our beds, that even if that funding does not come through, we do not have to re-traumatize them and send them back out into the community. We will figure out a way to get that funding to that bed. So um, that's another really important thing about, you know, our how we've positioned ourselves as a nonprofit, but as, you know, a business and making sure that we don't ever have to turn a young person away or, you know, re-traumatize them by um, kicking them out of a bed that they so desperately need. So, um, yeah. That's amazing. And what an amazing story. Um, I My last question is, uh, and it's really for both of you, and I'll start with 
uh, you, Lynette, what's your hope for the future? Oh, yeah. Um, I think there's, as somebody who just, I'm so passionate about youth homelessness and obviously biggest, one of my biggest goals, um, you know, with the future of our agency and everything is to, to end youth homelessness. I think we're on a mission um, as as an organization that provides services, direct services. We also do a lot of policy and advocacy work. So that's kind of our way of really trying to take it to the next level and, and youth homelessness. But um, I think just as a community member and somebody who cares deeply about people. Um, I know that there are so many issues in our community, and I, I think it's a beautiful thing. I know I've told Jen I, I I'm going to join the Giving Circle because I, I do think it's a beautiful thing to to be a part of giving um, and to be invested in the community, and it's not just one issue. I'm very passionate about this issue, but I'm also passionate about many other issues because I think that as a community as a city as a state as a country there are so many people in need and if we had more people that gave just a little bit we can do so much more to make an impact so I think my hope for the future is just that yes we end youth homelessness but also that more people become invested in their communities, even if it is, you know, if it's at a giving circle, I think that's an incredible way to make an impact. But I think any way of getting invested in the community can really make a huge difference. And I hope that, um, you know, I hope that we can inspire more people to get involved. Well, that's, you know, from your lips to God's ears, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and Jennifer, I'm going to ask you the same question. What's your hope for the future? Well, when that kind of started to touch on it, so it's actually a really great transition. I think for me, I think there's a lot we can learn from giving circles. So I think that my hope is that this idea of giving circles continues to spread both in that literal sense of raising critical funds and money to put into our communities through this collective giving model, but also in the broader sense of what happens in the like emotionally and collectively in these giving circles of bringing together these like-minded, passionate people who want to make this world more giving, more empathetic place for everyone so that we all have the right to live safely, healthily, happily. And I think that we can learn that from giving circles and that model of being there for our community in a way that we can. And when we come together, that that power really does multiply. And that's a wonderful thought to close out our conversation. And again, I just want to thank you both for taking the time to chat with me today. This has been a really inspiring conversation. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you for having us on and Lynette for taking time. I know the end of the year is a busy, busy time for nonprofits. And so really excited that we got to hear more about uh, Nevada Partnership for Homeless Youth. Yes, anytime, anytime. <laughs> well, again, thank you. And that'll do it for this episode of Give, Grow, Repeat. If you like what you hear, please share with your colleagues, subscribe. And if you want to learn more about giving circles, you can go to grapevine.org. Until next time, so long.